the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed in the program are not necessarily those of this radio station or its sponsors and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. You should always consult the appropriate advisor before making any financial decision. All rights reserved. Now, new focus on wealth with certified financial planner Chad Burton. Drawing from his 28-year background in finance and investing to help you make sense of your money matters. New focus on wealth. Get a new focus on personal finance, wealth management, Wall Street, and the economy. Now your host for New Focus on Wealth, Chad Burton. Time to talk financial planning with CFP Chad Burton. Should be a good hour. His content's always enlightening. He talks a lot of wealth preservation and retirement strategies. Income in retirement is a big deal to me, more so than estate planning. But estate planning may be a bigger deal to you than, say, Social Security. We all have our things that we pay attention to. Stay tuned. If you want to meet Chad in person, he'll be live and speaking May 25th at the Elks Lodge in Palo Alto, giving a seminar two hours from 6.30 to 8.30 for free. If you have $500,000 or more and haven't been to more of these seminars than you should have, um, you can sign up today at chadburton.com. It's chadburton.com, Thursday evening, 6.30 to 8.30, two-hour event. Um, Chad, let's talk um, some financial planning content. You are a regional director and a CFP with EP Wealth. I'm with EP Wealth as well. What are the minimum items you need to put together a proposal or a rough draft of a financial plan? That's a really good question. Yeah, it, it, what's what's interesting, you know, you, you go to people that deal with investments, and you think it's it's all about the investments. But I need a tax return first. Um, I you know need statements of accounts. We also have an ability to um, you know if you don't want to do statements to link accounts to some software so we can see everything. Um, but if that there's different types of accounts out there, right? You've got your bank accounts, you've got your brokerage accounts that are not retirement accounts. And then you got your retirement accounts. If it's not a retirement account, we also need to see what the cost basis is of the underlying holdings. That's what you paid for them. So that if something needs to be sold, we know what the tax hit is going to be. Um, we need a recent pay stub if you're working, because that shows where you're at, your withholding, your 401k contributions, whether or not you have an HSA, what types of benefits you have. That's all right there on the pay stub. Um, and then we need a list of expenses. You know, what are your expenses now? We're pretty good at saying, okay, these are some expenses that'll go away in retirement. Or if you have kids, once they're out of college, these are some expenses that might go away. Uh, but here's some expenses that you're not thinking about. So we'll add in things like Medicare Part B. Will you be paying IRMA, which is an income-related uh, tax on higher income earners that have to pay more for Medicare Part B at 65? Um, and then we talk about an overall idea of risk tolerance. So a lot of times the first meeting is is it's it's data gathering. What what's your situation? How can we help? Can we be of a lot of value to the situation or not? And and if so, here's how much it's going to cost to work with us. That's a 
not a crazy detailed list, tax return, some statements, uh, pay stub, list of expensive, idea of risk tolerance, and you know, uh, a little pre-interview. Yep. It's a good place to start, but it's also going to be an evolving story, I would imagine, where you're going to be asking for updates. You're going to be asking for changes if there's uh, inheritance coming along with just some, some more details to it. Is that not right? Oh, yeah. I mean, what the, the planning process, there's a lot that goes into the beginning. Um, you know, even though we charge a, a rate on what we manage, it typically takes, you know, three years to kind of break even for the amount of work we do in the beginning. Um, because we're going through everything. I mean, in, in the beginning, it's it's setting the stage. Okay, what's very important to you, your family, the situation? But as certified financial planner practitioners, we are trained in taxes, insurance, retirement planning, estate planning, investing, um, all of that. And so as we go through the financial planning process, and and we are fiduciary, so we don't sell product. That's very important. You you always want to work with a fiduciary. Um, we eventually go through your estate plan. We have in-house count, uh, in-house estate planners that go through all your documents and create a presentation of what they say and, you know, talk about changes that need to be made tax return, um, in all of your insurance, you know, whether it's for rental properties, your home, your auto, um, your insurance policies, like life insurance, disability, what do you have at work? What should you get away from work? I mean, we we go through all of it. So once we kind of establish that relationship, like, okay, yeah, there's this is a good long-term relationship. We can add a lot of value um, and we choose to move forward. It's quite a list of things that we ask about. Um, and, and it is evolving, Rob. It's like oftentimes we'll get a situation, there's two or three pressing issues that a family needs help with. And then we create an action item list prioritize it. And then just as the relationship evolves, we just kind of move forward and, and, uh, you know, complete one task at a time or more. It's interesting that you say that because this week I was speaking with CFP, Brad, he works with you. Mm -hmm. Um, and he got us into me and my spouse into something new for the very first time after four or five years. And it's like another program introduced, if you will, into our financial plan. And it feels good. It feels good. Um, now I got a windfall this year and my spouse will get a windfall when her parents kick the bucket. Um, what do we need to know about windfalls or inheritance situations where they don't know, you know, how it's going to affect our wealth plan, how it's going to affect, um, if we get a divorce, <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I've seen inheritances do a lot of weird things to families. Yeah. And, and you just mentioned one thing that you typically, if you you know receive a windfall, it's usually from an inheritance type of a situation. And if that's the case, you need to make sure that um, you're aware of what's considered separate property and community property. Um, because yep. if you inherit money, as long as you you know don't commingle it with community property assets, if something happens in the marriage, you can you know, take that with you essentially. So you, that's, that's one thing that you need to know. And it's our job as you know, certified financial planners and fiduciaries to let people know that up front, even, even though it might not be a very comfortable conversation for, you know, married couple together, 20 years, super happy. You still need to tell them about their ability to keep it a separate property and then how the estate plan needs to adjust and how the trust might need to be updated in that situation. But when it comes to the expenses, I mean, for, for wealthier families or higher income earners, that's often the hardest task that they have is to create that list of expenses because if you're, you know, yet you're you're doing well in your career, you're later in life, you're finally able to save. You've got, you know, over the half a million dollar account minimum, and a lot of times you you always know that there's more money coming in than going out, which is not most of America, but you know th that's the case in this situation that we're talking about. 
And so um, if, if people don't know their expenses, we can kind of estimate based on their tax return. Here's what your gross income is and here's how much you're paying on taxes. So you're probably spending most of the net income um, unless your cash accounts are drastically building up. So we can kind of reverse engineer expenses sometimes. And then when people have a windfall, a lot of the question is, is what can I spend now? What What's possible? What is a safe spending limit? You know, I mean, you've done stories, right, Rob, on lottery winners? Oh, yeah, yeah. They're mostly broke after two or three years. Yeah, boat broke, bankrupt. They start investing in friends' businesses. They start thinking that they're angel investors and, um, you know, get into all these locked up investments that, you know, one out of 10 might do okay. And, and all of a sudden they have cash flow problems. So <clears throat> you have to set a very safe spending limit. So there's two things that happen when people get a windfall. Um, we say, we, we calculate what is a safe number for you to spend. And part of that is assuming what the portfolio is going to look like, um, and, and what you're going to spend so we can run scenarios, cash, linear cash flow models, assuming a very conservative rate of return, but then also different Monte Carlo simulations, which is that order of stock market returns. That's a big risk in retirement. We set that safe spending number and then reverse engineer the budget from there. And then, Here's a lump sum of cash. Sometimes it's very uncomfortable to put it into the market. You know, you got all these things going on around the world. You got budget deficits and ceilings. And, and so we, we pick a, a, an averaging in strategy, usually a four to six month period where we build a portfolio over time. Say hello to a pass that gives you endless travel for $2,500 per month with no nightly rates, taxes, or fees. You might call it the suitcase is always packed pass or the wait. I get to choose from 100,000 trips pass. The will it be the beach, city, mountains, or all three pass. Or you could just call it what we call it, the Inspirado Pass. Endless travel for $2,500 per month with no nightly rates, taxes, or fees. Learn more at inspiradopass.com. CFP Chad Burton with EP Wealth is joining me today to talk taxes and financial planning and wealth preservation and much, much more like he's going to do at the event May 25 at the Elks Lodge in Palo Alto. More information at chadburton.com. Sign up today. Chad, my accountant was reviewing my taxes and he told me the best way to avoid paying taxes is to die. And <laughs> I'm considering it. I'm considering it because taxes, man, as before, oh, they're brutal in the state of California. Let's talk taxes. Um, what do you look for on tax return as a certified financial planner? Well, first of all, California is a, a very expensive place to earn a living, but a very cheap place to die. Okay. So, um, you know, California is community property. That means any like real estate or non-retirement accounts that you have that you've been investing for for years. When the first person dies, it gets a step up in basis at the first death. So the survivor could sell any non-retirement account type of a situation, basically tax-free. Like a house. Because house, that's the, that's brokerage the account at Schwab, Fidelity, you know, low cost basis stock that you got from your employer, that kind of thing. Um, and California does not have any state inheritance tax where Oregon and Washington do. Um, the Washington passed recently a capital gains tax on amounts over 250000 for like stock sales and things like that. There's some exclusions to like real estate and small business, but it's uh, Washington is uh, has an inheritance tax, even though it's a you know, no income tax state. It's not a good place to die if you have a lot of money. <laughs> so before you, before you all move there, watch out. Um, but so going back to the tax return, cause I kind of got off subject there. Sure. Um, if, if, especially if we have, uh, clients that are already retired coming in, what's great about a tax return is you can clearly see what they're earning in social security. 
whether or not they have a pension. That's right there on the front page of the 1040. Um, we look to say, okay, how much income is being reported as dividends, interest, and capital gains? And um, then we, you know, and we can see the Schedule B shows that. The Schedule D is shows your gains and losses for the year and whether or not you have carry forward losses. And what that means, Rob, is that let's say back in, I, I still run into people that had such a huge capital loss during tech correction in the Bay Area because of stuff they had bought that just fell in value and then they finally sold it or it went to zero, um, that they're still carrying forward losses that we can use against future stock sales, future real estate sales, future business sales. How far back does that go? Indefinitely. Oh, no, no. How far back are you saying that Californians had losses? Oh, back to the tech correction in 2000, 2001. Wow. Okay. I I thought you said that. I was just like, is he talking 2008? That's 20 years of carrying losses. Yep. That's right. I mean, we still see him. I mean, 2000, obviously 2008 and 2000 are pretty common years where people took, you know, heavy losses. Okay. Um, Now the schedule E is that tells us what your rental property looks like. So we use some, you know, various software to say, you know, is this rental property a good deal or not? What's your, what's the value of your property? And then what's your net income and what's your taxable income from that rental? Is this truly a good deal? I'm running into so many people in the Bay Area that, oh, I've got really high rent on it. Yeah, but you could, you know, literally sell this thing and get more out of a bank account that's yielding 4.4% now than, than what you're earning on your rental property. Um, and there's all sorts of 1031 and exchange options where you can 1031 exchange and eventually go into a diversified real estate investment trust. I mean, there's all sorts of options there. So we look at the schedule E to, to analyze rental properties. Um, typically, if a person's self-employed and not incorporated, we look at a Schedule C. So what are the retirement account contribution uh, opportunities that are there? How's that being taxed? Are they getting the small business tax, the 199A deduction? Um, and then eventually we look and say, okay, what is your adjusted gross income? And then what is your modified adjusted gross income where you add certain back certain things back in like tax-free bond income to say, how is my social security going to be taxed? How um, am I eligible for Roth IRA contributions if I'm still working? Those are important numbers. How much am I going to pay in Medicare Part B premiums? That all comes from the modified adjusted gross income numbers that we can calculate. So, I mean, it's, it's a huge piece of the puzzle. Um, you know, I can look at the portfolio and say, this is how you're investing um, now. And here's the risk measures and what I would do differently if you stick with the same model. But in order to do a financial plan and say, is this the correct model for your portfolio? How are your investments being taxed? Is there, are they tax efficient or not? Is your real estate good? Um, what are some things you can do to save taxes? We need the tax return and the statements. Try to give me an honest answer on this one. How much when you scan the tax return, how much do you see versus your software sees? Um, cause I have to imagine this is more than one human can handle. Cause my tax, you know, from last year's tax, uh, total pages had to be 200 pages of tax returns. Yep. Uh, well, um, it's gotten a lot easier. Um, because now there's different software programs. We have one software program that uses AI, scans in a tax return yeah. and pulls all the numbers that I was just telling you kind of on a front page. And then it also comes up with kind of auto recommendations to look at based on what the tax return says. But then you still need a human look at this to say, okay, this couple, um, you know, they're, they're retired 63. The current tax bracket is very low. So you could do up to, 
uh, $200,000 Roth IRA, an IRA to Roth conversion, pay the taxes now at a very low rate and have, you know, great benefits in the future from that. Well, then you got to say, okay, well, when you do that, where's the money going to come from to pay the taxes? What's their cash flow look like? Do they have enough reserves in cash for retirement security purposes anyway? So there's a lot that goes in. Recently in the last year, though, this type of software that scans and uses AI has definitely increased our speed to come up with recommendations. Yeah, I ask because I think that's a really cool benefit of technology for you, but also for your clients. Um, as a yeah. CFP, you're able to offer them like, I can look through 200 pages of tax returns and I know you can't, um, because it's intimidating to me go, to go through my own taxes. Well, yeah. And there's so, certain tricks, especially in retirement based on the tax law from 2017. For example, if no other income is U.S. stocks that are paying dividends and capital gains from selling stocks that you've owned for over a year, you can have a ton of income as a married couple filing jointly and still be at a 0% rate before it kicks into the, you know, 15 and then 20% rates. Um, but other income can force that capital gains higher. So there's a lot of moving parts. Um, and that's one thing that I show very clearly at the event on how those taxes work and where the opportunities are. The event is May 25th, Thursday, 630 to 830 Palo Alto Elks Lodge. You can meet Chad Burton and, and really get kind of an education 301 CFP money, uh, 301. You can sign up for the event at chadburton.com. It's chadburton.com Thursday, May 25th, 630 to 830. Hi, this is Chad Burton. If you have questions about retirement and investing, it's time to get some answers. My website, chadburton.com, has a ton of resources. There are downloads to help you determine how long your money will last in retirement, links to our webinars, and several videos discussing everything from retirement planning to tax-efficient investing, estate planning, insurance, and even saving for your kid's college. While you're there, also check out our tax planning and estate planning services and our video explaining our online wealth management tool. You can find links to the podcast at chadburton.com and please like my Facebook page, New Focus on Wealth with Chad Burton. This invaluable resource is able to show the values and allocations of all your accounts regardless of where they're held. Information is updated each day at the end of market close and these new numbers are fed into the financial projections we've created for our clients with the goal of constant financial clarity. You can find links to the podcast at chadburton.com and please like my Facebook page, New Focus on Wealth with Chad Burton. You got to take financial planning as it's not one size fits all. And I think it's really much more of a complex issue when you have one to two million plus dollars in retirement. It's not just how am I going to pull that money out? It's a little bit more than that. Let's talk some strategies with CFP Chad Burton. He's going to be delivering some of these strategies at the live event Thursday, May 25th at the Elks Lodge in Palo Alto. He also has a great website where you can sign up for the event. It's chadburton.com. But while you're there, you can see webinars he's done on taxes. You can see downloadables that he has on women in investing. There's a lot of good content. Take your time, play with it while you're there. It's chadburton.com. Chad, let's talk 401k rollovers. Um, I work for the man right now. That man would be called EP Wealth. I have a 401k with the man. And at some point in time, I will separate from the man and retire. Um, what do I need to know about all the rules and regulations of leaving a for uh, leaving a job and taking a four hundred one k with you, or in retirement moving it somewhere else? Well, yeah. So this is such a huge problem that both the SEC, the Department of Labor, have um, you know, issued rules on this situation because we already have this problem. That something like seventy six percent of Americans are drastically underprepared for retirement. Okay. And another huge issue is they're constantly being, uh, what I say, 
conned by people that call themselves financial advisors that are actually insurance salesmen. And I love my insurance person, right? I, I, I need my insurance, my home, my auto, my term life insurance. In some cases, I need permanent life insurance for estate planning purposes. But when you are 40 years old and somebody sells you an annuity to roll your old 401k over because they say, hey, take this 100,000 in your own 401k, put it in this annuity. And even though it's invested in stocks and bonds, there's an income guarantee that's tied to it. Well, it's pretty much worthless for a 40-year-old. And it's smoke and mirrors because you've never seen that even from 2007 to 2017, arguably one of the worst periods to invest because of the Great Recession, a balanced portfolio still had a positive return of over 5.5%. So those income guarantees for annuities, most of the time are smoke and mirrors unless you're using them for a very specific reason. And they're riddled with fees, 25 to 3.5% fees that... It's 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 such an issue, Rob, that is costing so much money out of people on what they have saved that there's all sorts of issues and rules that are being pushed out because of 401k to annuity rollovers in an annuity IRA. It's abuse. It's literally abuse. And so, and what it, what it's playing on the sales pitch is something like this: guaranteed income, but yep. it doesn't really explain the fees, the costs, the commissions. The, is it really guaranteed in a worst case scenario? Um, do you think the SEC, do you think these uh, authorities can really regulate that? Because it's playing on people's fear and the point of the transaction is probably already done. Well, yeah, I mean, there's already stuff that, you know, registered investment advisors and things like have to document and do when you do a 401k to IRA rollover to justify what you've done. Um, so it's in place. And um, a lot of it is, you know, luckily the entire industry is changing. I mean, Rob, when you and I first met in 98 or so, I felt like a pioneer in the fee-only fiduciary world, right? And then now everybody's kind of moving to that route because of these issues. Um, and I'm not to say that all annuities are bad, but 98% of them are. When I've used annuities in the past, it's usually for a very specific reason. It's a, a no-load annuity that has an income guarantee that's a bond alternative, um, or there's some fixed annuities out there that don't pay somebody a commission that, you know, can lock in a four and a half percent rate for five years for somebody that needs a, a certain amount of money to be safe for a period of time. And those aren't even that great right now because corporate bonds and an IRA are so attractive. So this is why you have to work with a fiduciary, a certified financial planner that, that will put in writing that they're a fiduciary so that you don't end up in high fee products that you don't need. Um, so in 401ks now, People still really aren't paying attention too much, but they're now forced to send out at least annually, here are all of the fees inside the 401k. And so most of the time when people are younger and they're still trying to max out their 401k and also put money into a Roth IRA, um, especially if they don't have you know $500,000 or more to, to, to be able to hire a good fee-only certified financial planner, um, then they should usually consolidate their IRAs or their 401ks into their current employer as long as it's a good plan. Okay. So, so I guess the question would be, what is a good plan, right? <laughs> I, I, I think you're answering your own question there. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing. If you, if typically if you're working with a larger company and they have, you know, Vanguard, Fidelity, uh, you know, uh, programs like that, the, the bigger ones, and it's a, it's a larger company where there's quite a bit of assets in the plan, well over a million dollars between all the employees, usually the fee structures are pretty low. If you're working with a newer employer that 
decided to go typically with like an insurance company to set up a, a, a group plan, a lot of times the fees can be higher. And so that's one of the things that you need to do is to say, okay, I've left this employer. What does my new employer's plan look like in terms of overall fees versus my old employer? If both plans are terrible, that's maybe when you roll it to an IRA and invest in anything you want with very low fees. But if if your new plan is good and really low fee structure, especially if you're younger, a lot of times keeping the 401k money in the 401k, if you make too much money, you can still get money into a Roth IRA via the backdoor Roth IRA is, and as long as you don't have any other IRAs. So, so long story short, younger people, higher income earners, if they have a good 401k plan, roll your old plans into the new 401k plan often makes sense if the fee structure is low so that you can continue to max out your 401k and fund a Roth IRA. There's a lot there. I know. Yeah, there is, there is. And um, I just want to throw out a piece of advice while I can. Anytime you're being shown a financial product, go home, take two days, look at it, ask some questions, send an email to Chad, um, try to find out what the flaw is. It may not be a flaw, it may be perfect, but take your time and digest it. And I still do that um, just so I make sure that I'm comfortable. And if I'm comfortable, then I present it to the spouse and then she needs a couple days to process, but slow down. So um, are we talking Roth IRAs right now? Have we moved into that world of old IRAs and 401ks and Roth conversions? Well, I think that the big one is, is that, um, you know, how, how do you, if, if you've got a couple or even a single person that's maxing out their 401k huh? and they're still trying to save more money, the next best option is a Roth IRA. Okay. However, if you make too much money, um, you can't directly fund a Roth IRA, right? We have the whole download on a, on how to what's, do what's called a backdoor Roth IRA, which is you open up a regular IRA account, you fund it. Um, and then on your tax return that year, you file a form 8606 that says, Hey, I funded an IRA, but I make too much money to deduct it. So I'm going to file an 8606 showing the IRS that I made a non-deductible contribution. I didn't write it off. And there's no income limits to convert money from an IRA to a Roth. So if you convert that money that you just made that you didn't deduct to a Roth, there's no taxes due as long as you don't have any other IRA money. So that's why, you know, a person that's doing that strategy typically needs to take their old 401k and roll it into their new 401k in order to make sure that that money doesn't screw up the backdoor Roth IRA contribution strategy. A little bit so, more complex on radio than it is in, well, I guess it's complex in real life as well as radio though, huh? Yeah. I mean, I, we just met somebody there, 55 years old. They They have 12 different old 401k accounts. Wow. Didn't know what their asset allocation is. Half of them were in cash and the other half were in retirement strategy date funds that were um, geared towards somebody that was 15 years older than they were. So the money was just kind of dead money for the last 10 years when the market's up like 300%. So what do you do with a scenario where you see 10 401ks? Do you say, um, I'm going to transfer them all into one and it's going to take two weeks and we'll talk in two weeks? Like that, that just has to be overwhelming. Yeah. I mean, you got to justify So, you know, some of them, if they're really good, low fee structures, you might leave it. I mean, the, the best thing okay. is just to look at the current 401k yeah. and say, what's the fee structure there? If it's a really good program, then all of them get consolidated into the current employer. Got it. Um, 
And, you know, there might be other reasons that, okay, if they're not funding a, a Roth IRA and that's not an issue and they want the active management, they don't want, they don't want to do it themselves. They want to hire somebody, then that justifies rolling it to an IRA and have it actively managed. So when we actively manage accounts, Rob, we use TD Ameritrade, Fidelity Schwab. It's their accounts yeah. at the custodian. We're just signed on to trade it. And there's ways that we can even manage 401ks at Fidelity and Schwab through what's called a brokerage link account where, you can open up an account within your 401k, move money into it, and have us actively manage it for you. You don't have to wait to retire to hire the CFP. You can start exactly. that when you're 50, 55 and get the ball rolling there. Yeah. Um, we've got about two minutes. What else should we hit on this topic, knowing that we want to plug the seminar on May 25th as well? Um, yeah, so a couple other reasons why you might not want to roll money from a 401k to an IRA when you retire is... Okay. If you're 50 years old, but not yet 59 and a half, a lot of 401ks will allow you to take money out without a penalty over the age of 50 or 55. Um, so that might be an issue with with younger people that need access to funds before 59 and a half. Um, you know where you know, that, state, that, that rule is called 72T? Do you know where the T came from? Well, the T is, well, AT&T, but the, the yeah. 72T is with Dang. an IRA. So if you retire and you're under 59 and a half, you can use a 72T to get money out without a penalty, but it locks you into a payment plan. Right. Um, I was throwing that down because I had a friend whose father was downsized. Back in the 1980s, AT&T basically said, all middle-level management, you're gone. And they all had this big fat 401k with AT&T and the stock did great, but they couldn't retire. And many of them chose to retire through this rule that the IRS basically made up for them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Chad, um, my wife's best friend from growing up uh, was a trust kid. Uh, her father was a trust baby and she became a trust baby. Turns out the trust doesn't have that much money left in it. And her mother now has long-term care issues. So it, it's it's complicated, but let's just say what was expected is not what's there and it won't last for very much longer. Well, that's the biggest problem with leaving lump sum money to to kids. Um, they don't understand, you know, money in the first place because there's zero education in our high schools. Right. Um, now there are, you know, specific personal financial planning degree programs at places like Texas Tech, University of Hawaii, George Fox, you know, other places like that. That's great. But even most finance degrees in college are corporate finance related. So they just don't get safe withdrawal rates, stock market returns, balanced portfolios, and inflation. You know, I mean, that's that's basically saying that every 15 to 18 years, the value of a dollar is cut in half. And so if you need 100 grand to live now, you need 200 grand a year to live the same lifestyle in 15 to 20 years. Um, so that that's why if you're leaving large lump sums of money to kids, you know, typically over a million dollars, it's really important to um, have a really good trustee that you trust. Um, they're going to help create a safe withdrawal strategy. They're going to help make sure that there's the proper investment advisor in place. And I'm going to tell you right now, I think banks are the worst option for this. Why is that? Oh my gosh, Rob, we're, we're dealing with, uh, an issue right now. I'm not going to name the bank, but, um, the portfolio does it, does it, rhyme, with, does it rhyme with Schmink of America. <laughs> I'm, not I'm, kidding. I'm only kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not going to say anything about it, right, but, um, the, I mean, it's taken almost three months to get the accounts transferred over to uh, Schwab in this case, where we can manage it for the family. Cause there was just the portfolio was a wreck. Um, account titling was wrong. They were changing trustees on a constant basis. So they didn't even know who they were working with anymore. 
it's better to have an independent trustee um, and uh, the ability for your kids to make sure that they can easily change the trustee if they're doing a terrible job. Um, not not because they're not following directions, but the trustee, the idea of a professional fiduciary or professional trustee is to make sure that kids don't take too much money out okay. in the early years. But how much they do you have also, to pay for a trustee, a professional? Um, it depends. There's ones that charge an annual fee if they're just going to do the tax return and, and look at the docs, or there's okay. options where you can charge tip, the typical asset management fee where it handles the trustee services, the tax return, and the investment services, which is kind of what the banks do, but they do a, a poor job at it, and you end up just a number with a basic pie chart. Okay. And you can't really call them fiduciaries because you'll see all these proprietary funds and kickback situations and things like that. So steer clear of the banks when it comes to these trust I say I say this kiddingly and shoot down the idea. Um, could I hire your son, Nick, who's financially trained, smart kid, good kid, normal kid, can I hire him to be the trustee for my kids? And what I'm trying to say, can I stay with a family member or a friend um, or should I go with the professional? It depends on how much money you're dealing with and okay. what the family dynamics are. So first of all, you want to, you, you can't just hire a, a random person to be a fiduciary trustee. There's yeah, I'm not saying totally licensing. Yeah. Absolutely. I do. But well, yeah. Even Nick, I mean, he'd have to have a official trust company and be a fiduciary to, to do it. Um, you know, he's still working on his CFP designation. He's graduated from Texas tech and doing math and, uh, you know, 10 other degrees at the same time as the CFP. But, um, you can always name a family member that you not trust. A, yeah. But not a good uh, idea, right? Well, it depends. You know, if they're, if they're savvy, if they get a great relationship with the kids, you know, the kids are not what we call spendthrifts, which are terrible with money. Right. Um, you can do it and keep the cost down low. The question is, is when they die, who's going to replace them? So, what I have in my plan, for example, is uh, for my kids, everything's left in trust. Um, you know, I don't know who's going to be a good trust company when I pass away or a good fiduciary. So in my plan, I have Brad named as the person to pick that professional trust company for me okay. when I pass. Um, eventually, I've got to change it because, you know, Brad's in his well into his sixties now. So I got to pick a new one soon, but, uh, he's more than capable now. Right. Um, and I have a couple options named in my trust that say, you know, consider these options if Brad isn't around. Um, and then we're actually launching a trust service here soon too. I did not know that. Good news. Yeah. Um, talk more about what you're going to be talking about at the event, May 25th, 630, Palo Alto Elks Lodge. Well, yeah, there's a lot of amazing uh, tax strategies that you can do as a result of the tax law that was passed in 2017, specifically for retirees on how you blend income and retirement to keep taxes lower for longer. That's a big part of it. Those all are set to expire in 2026. So do it now. Uh, we talk about things like required minimum distributions, which is forced taxation in retirement accounts at age 73 and how to deal with that. And then we talk about you know, what's the proper safe money, what's a basic portfolio allocation that you consider, how long will it last, and what's the right withdrawal strategy to go from the accumulation phase to the distribution phase? Because the stock market takes amazing care of you over time. You know, if we look at the last 50 years ending the end of 2020, over 11% rate of return, stock market was positive 74% of the time, great rate of return, right? Mm -hmm. Um but in retirement, timing is everything, not timing the market in and out, but timing your withdrawals. So how do you make sure you have enough safe money on the sidelines so that you don't get hit with pulling money out of the market, stocks or bonds, when they're down? 
Got it. The event is Thursday, May 25, Elks Lodge, 630 to 830. You can sign up at chadburton.com. He's got a lot of content at chadburton.com. Chadburton.com. You can get some downloadables. You can see a list of things to do before you hire a CFP. You can sign up for the event, which is Thursday, May 25, 630 to 830, Palo Alto Elks Lodge. Wealth preservation, retirement income planning, strategies, hints, tips, tricks, and more. Sign up at chadburton.com. Thanks, Chad. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.